Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, how you doing? It's Jamie East here. Welcome to Previously On. Uh, This is the discussion episode for... Right, it's done. It's all over. Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 6, The Iron Throne. Uh, thank you so much to all of you that have been listening over the past kind of like six weeks. Um, we've pulled this together a little bit later than we would normally. A, because, well, because we needed some time to kind of digest it. Also, we've been busy. You know, I was very busy on Thronecast and doing various bits and pieces. And also, <laughs> we're all on holiday now. Uh, I'm just about to leave uh, to go away for a bit. Chris... Uh, who has been joining us for the past uh, past six weeks, is in Boston at the moment. He sent over some notes uh, via WhatsApp because uh, he had he wanted, you know, we couldn't, couldn't do this without him. So I wanted to know what he thought of it. Uh, so we're going to kind of intersperse those as and when we see fit. Linda is going to join me from westeros.org uh, as she has done previously. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and, you know, we're not going to rag on the show. You know, there's a lot of people still getting stuck in, still getting cross. And, look, you know, I get it people are never going to be happy with with the ending of a show i think i'm just sad that it's ended just in general i mean apart from the employment issue uh we're just kind of sad that it's that it's kind of all all done and dusted and that it's now sunday evening in the uk and recording this at at quarter to eight and i don't know what i'm gonna do there's no game of thrones tomorrow there is however the great uh hbo documentary which i'm very excited about watching it's about two and a half hours long all about the making of of season eight and it, it looks like there's some really tantalizing uh, behind the scenes scenes to look at which which i love and one of my favorite parts of, of game of thrones is seeing the stuff behind the scenes and you never know it may you may get some answers to, to the questions that a lot of people are asking in that documentary I, I, maybe not i don't know who cares uh but the episode is done uh, this is going to be a relatively short discussion episode because you know what there's no real theorizing anymore we haven't got to think about what does it all mean because it means what it means it means it because it's there it was done it's final it is now over um, so enjoy and uh, I'll speak to you afterwards this is me speaking to Linda uh, from westeros.org also with a little bit in it here and there uh, from Chris Mandler from the Eye newspaper Linda, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's been an interesting week to sort of ponder the end of everything. It has, hasn't it? I mean, uh, this is we're recording this Sunday morning, so a, a, a whole week's gone by. It's been the longest that we've that we've left it, probably right. Yeah. So Chris is in Boston at the moment. So uh, Chris has sent some thoughts over, which I'm going to kind of drop in 
every now and then uh, so that so that he has his say because it'd be a shame for him not to not to be involved uh, in the last previously on chat on a whimsical level did you did you enjoy the last episode as a sh- as as an episode you know i think that the first half uh definitely uh if you know disregarding some of the things around it yeah i think that there were some really good moments and some really good um visuals in the first half okay the second half gets more problematic even within just that episode okay well i uh, also asked chris that and this is the message that you sent me okay finale overall thoughts i thought it was great um i gave this episode five stars in my review for the i only episode this year i've given five to and I know that seems weird, right? Here's the logic behind that. It was the best possible ending from the constituent parts of the season. If we're going to talk about this episode as one episode of television, rather than the ending of a film, like, you know, we've got to talk about this as a separate episode. It's not as if we're discussing the ending of Endgame. This is a single episode of television. The job that that episode had to do, the work it had to do, the heavy lifting, the resolution, the pacing, it's all on this episode. I thought it was fantastic. And I was genuinely moved. There were times I was genuinely hit in the feelings in ways that I haven't this season. I thought, and in fact, I'll get to I'll get to specific bits in a minute, but I thought it was a great episode. The pacing was weird. Okay, you've got your main character from the show dying in the first third. That is weird, but I thought it worked. I thought Daenerys's death. I felt it in the air. Okay, because. There was so much of this episode was looking at the horror of the world she'd built. I felt like there was just no way we were going to get a whole episode of that. And we talked about it last week on the pod. Like, Tyrion or Jon were going to have to kill her. Like, I wasn't surprised at the death. But it didn't feel slapdash. Um, but I loved the episode. I thought it was great. The atmosphere, incredible. Um, the violence, the sort of... Um, you know, I'm thinking of when Grey Worm was just slitting the throats of Lannisters. The brutality of the new world. It was so smartly done. Okay. So let's start let's start off with um with where we started. So I mean it was again a very slow starting episode, wasn't it? Focusing very much on Tyrion, which is which is all right by me. Um yeah kind of just just witnessing the uh, the aftermath of of the battle of king's landing that we that we'd seen that we'd seen before um did you what did you think was going to happen did you did, did was there any was there anything in that in that opening sequence that kind of led you to think this is going a different way not really i guess there'd been some people speculating wildly on the internet that oh you know maybe you know Jamie is still going to be alive or something digging out of the rubble. All of or... that was nonsense, though. Wasn't it? I was yeah, quite surprised obviously. to see. I was quite surprised to see their bodies. Uh, yes, uh, I think actually there had been a little uh, advance warning from uh, Nikolai and Lena in the sense that they had posted pictures of themselves having those uh, 
uh, masks done up is in death masks so oh, to speak okay. so, oh of course uh, yeah we saw that that was what the swimming cap thing the picture yeah, was for ah exactly. all has been revealed oh, so I, I thought actually maybe it was going to be a thing where you know Danny had them dug out and displayed basically to show the that power of yeah. were dead it's a little odd actually that she can't seems to have forgotten about them she doesn't really bother confirming that they're dead yes <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of kind of open ended things, aren't there? In the in the in the whole episode, you think she'd want to see their bodies? I kind of thought that maybe they would do a you know, the thing with when Tywin has taken King's Landing and has the bodies laid out yeah, for the, the Iron the, Throne would, to would show the, that you know Robert. You know, we were done with Rhaegar's line, basically. That she'd have them brought okay. out to show that the Lannisters are done, but. I mean, nope. I, I guess there was, I mean, there was so much to get through. There, even though, was, even though yes. we'd been through, you know, five episodes before, which had got through a hell of a lot, there was still almost an, I don't know, an unsurmountable task ahead of them, wasn't there? In terms of yeah, in terms there, of there was a, a whole wall of things left. <laughs> which is why occasionally it's quite weird that so much time is given to, I don't know, Tyrion walking through a street. There were, I think, somebody put together how much time there was without dialogue in that episode. Well, a lot of people, I mean, there's, there's been a whole piece on, on why this, this series has felt so different. And it is mm-hmm. because there has just genuinely been a lot less, uh, a lot, a lot fewer words to, to, mm. to use Stannis's uh, grammar correctly. Um, the, uh, I guess, I mean, obviously there was, there were two huge battles uh, and, and, and speech, you know, which, which doesn't really lend itself to monologues, but, but, no. I, but I think that's what, that's what I, I and when when I read that, I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I missed a little bit was those wonderful kind of discussions, which is why I think episode four or episode two rather felt so good, which because because that's all it was. Yes, I mean, we noticed a big difference, you know, working on on the subtitles for these episodes. You could there was a huge difference between episode two and everything else in the number of subtitles that had to be translated. Yeah. Um, now. We 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 left Tyrion uh, after kind of um, well in between Tyrion finding uh, Cersei and and Jaime uh, was Grey Worms the 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 kind of standoff between him and John now, yeah I think for me Grey Worms character arc over the last over this series has been probably one of the most problematic for me it just I don't interesting know. I, I I don't know I just I didn't. I don't know. I didn't, maybe no. Maybe not his character, but just just the fact that all of a sudden everyone's really scared of Grey Worm. I never really got that before. I think that uh, the um, I saw an interview with the actor where he was commenting that basically he's taken sort of the Unsullied didn't really have a moral compass. True. Uh, when the way they were trained, so for him, Daenerys has become the. Uh, the one who tells him what is right and what is wrong. Okay. And he's yeah, unquestioning yeah, yeah. to what she does. And I could I could see that. Um, I mean, the idea is that they obviously he was supposed to have started developing feelings that the Unsullied didn't have before with Miss Andy and then losing her. So I, 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 I agree that it's been one of those that has been difficult to follow again. I think he needed more time. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I can buy the actor's explanation in yeah, that sense that true. he kind of just looks at what Danny does and that is right and there's nothing for him to question. Yeah. For me, one of the best moments came shortly after all of that, which was the, 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 the incredible shot of Daenerys walking, um, walking, walking forward and having the, the, the dragon wings unfurled behind her. That was, that was incredible. That, that did look amazing. Maybe a little on the nose of this sort of evil queen imagery, you know, it felt a little snow white, but it, but it looked fantastic. Yeah. And, and so she came out and continues on the, on the spiel of, of, of breaking the wheel without, does she realize, I mean, this, this is the whole thing, isn't it? That everyone's been talking about is, is you know, does she know that she, what she's become? Because she talks about breaking the wheel and she, it seems as though she's just making it. She, does she realize that she's actually seems to just be continuing it? Do you think? There's definitely an inconsistency here that it makes it really difficult to understand the character, I think. Um, her motivation has never quite squared with that. She's always, I want my phone back. And at the same time, talking about breaking the wheel. Yeah. And th- they, those two don't go together. The way she described the wheel about different houses being on top at different times and it never changes for the people. Yeah, because that's exactly what she's saying that she needs to do. It needs to be the Targaryens. <laughs> just... Yes, like how are they more free when... She's ruling, and some of the people that she plans to liberate are very happy and liberated. Yeah, like the Summer Isles are, you know, this peaceful paradise with a more advanced, you know, system of ruling general than than Westeros. I don't yeah. think they want to be liberated they're at qu- all. They're quite fine, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, so that would. That for me, that for me was slightly odd. Um, yeah. You know, Grey Worm was made Master of War, which was pretty, um, yeah. pretty expected, I think. And saying that the the Unsullied are now liberators, not slaves. Um, mm. But the war is not yet over. Then who was it who who walked forward? It was Tyrion. So so this was uh, this was this was Tyrion's kind of uh, resignation slash yes. conviction, uh, which I thought was. Th- was pretty good. I, you know, I've enjoyed. If any character has been kind of excelled over this this series without really any naff bits, it's been it's been Tyrion, as is usually the case. Yeah, no, he obviously had a lot of uh, emotional material to to work with here, and uh, uh, I think that worked very well for him. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see with uh, Daenerys's reaction. She wasn't planning to arrest him until he resigned. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. She tells him that he committed treason, and you know she's mostly looking sad about it. And it is not until he takes off the hand of the king, the 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 pin, that she decides that she has to arrest him. Wow. Yeah, I'd not picked up on that. That's that's true. It really felt like she hadn't made up her mind before that. She just. It was kind of like you you betrayed me again, but you know she's warned him so many times, and yeah. still she's she's not immediately saying you know you're dead. Kind of the the uh, the uh, that was the ultimate betrayal, you know, saying that he he no longer serves her. I guess was yeah, the, was, was what he was saying. Didn't really leave her much choice. Um, and then, kind of Arya, is it Arya that persuades John to do what he's got to do? Do you think? Because you know Tyrion's had. Tyrion had plenty of attempts at it, but Arya giving him a little nudge seems to seem to have done the trick. Well, I I think it was Arya's. Uh, they both repeating that uh, you know 
Sansa and, and making the plane that, you know, Sansa and her aren't going to support Daenerys. And then when Tyrion uh, repeats as well that, you know, um, do you really think that they are going to bend the knee and then uh, they won't have a choice? And then Daenerys, again, in their conversation, yeah, repeats that they don't get to choose. No, yeah. So it's that whole repetition of they don't get to choose where she, he confirms or she confirms to him that uh okay if if Sansa and Arya don't uh align with her idea of uh how things should be ruled their their toasts so then i mean i guess the, the 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 big it was almost was it the halfway point really um there was, it was it was it was incredibly yeah. It was a brilliant scene. So first of all, we're in the throne room, the kind of you know, the destructed throne room, and and we see Daenerys step forward to to finally, finally, kind of uh, well to get her throne, her, her, yeah. her life's ambition, and she mirrors uh, the vision that she saw in the House of the Undying. She she just about touches the the armrest of it. Before, yeah. Before before pause. Well, she actually touches it here, whereas in the vision, she never actually puts her hand on it. Oh, okay, fine. So she, she so she does go a little bit further. So well, yeah. Done. Uh, but then obviously turns around, and uh, and and John is there. So, what what were your thoughts leading into this? Did you think? Did you know he was going to kill her? By this point, I, I, I was pretty certain that uh, there, his talk with Tyrion and everything that there was no. Uh, other way that it could go with uh, John being the sort of person that he is, and yeah. even though she was, I mean, and then, I mean, maybe he still had some doubts, but I said the 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 whole we they don't get to choose. That's yeah, that was that was, that was the moment, wasn't it? That was where you realised yeah. she was just a tyrant, you know, and that she genuinely couldn't see what she was doing was wrong. So, I mean, interesting, passionate kiss. You know, I'm not quite sure I'd have the uh, the front to passionately kiss someone as I was about to murder them. Well, I mean, obviously he wanted, I guess, to because he'd been, uh, you know, pulling back from her. Yeah. All this time since he found out that they were a wee bit related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that had obviously been, you know, she kept looking for love from him. Yeah. Uh, he says, "Yeah, I'm just seeing fear here," and um, so I think he wanted to give her that. As a parting uh, gift, as a yeah. goodbye present. Okay. Quite a, quite a subdued death for her. You know, she looks surprised and, you know, it's quite peaceful. It's mm. just, just a trickle of blood and blah, 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 blah. And then there's this really quite powerful and but but odd sequence of, of Drogon yes. because that was this was the moment where it was just like wow what the hell is going to happen now you could hear Drogon he'd obviously his connection with Daenerys had been severed um and you could hear him approaching and then he landed and I mean I don't I don't know what I thought was going to happen then because there'd been that previous to that there'd been that amazing scene of um of him kind of shaking off yeah well no, no, some people are saying snow and some people are saying the ash of the burnt i thought it was ash at first but then there was so much of it, it was clearly snow yeah which is which is weird why has it suddenly started snowing still in king's landing after the the, the undead have been defeated uh, at the, the uh, end of the winter the the answer that comes to mind is because he had snow in that vision 
Right. <laughs> I, I, it did seem a little odd. Yeah. So that's what I couldn't work out. It was like, hang on a sec. We saw at the end of uh, the Battle of Winterfell that the dawn had broken and the storm had finished. And yet, yet we... Then it's snowing in King's Landing. And yet it's snowing in King's much, Landing, much which is even further south. south. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But I, I suspect you're right. It was, it was continuity on their part. Otherwise, I think they would have been lynched in the street. Um, so Drogon, Drogon lands and... I guess this is this is the bit that I, that I need your help with, which is how clever is Drogon? <laughs> uh, well, what, what George has said about the dragons is that they have a sort of alien intelligence, but not the way we understand intelligence. Really, they they operate on; they're not a dog. Um, so it is really interesting because we have a couple of sequences in some of the material about the. Uh, the dance of the dragons with dragons fighting and, you know, what happens when the riders die. There's a couple of instances of dragons sort of taking action on their own and the maesters don't really know what to make of were they, you know, defending one of their own? Were they, uh, did they have an understanding of which side they were on? Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, They have a bond with their riders at the same time, when riders die, they can bond to a new rider. Right, okay. Uh, they haven't made anything of it, really, in the show, the fact that John's Targaryen blood... Well, only that... Well, only, I guess, that he was allowed to ride. Um, yes, but the odd thing is that Daenerys doesn't, for a moment, think that that indicates something odd about John. So they haven't really mentioned anything about it... Uh, but yes, he was allowed to ride. I guess it's because is that folklore dead? Really, is that is that is that would 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 Daenerys have known that? Do you know what I mean? All of this, all of this kind of knowledge had that... some understanding of it, uh, but uh, it's hard to say actually anyway. where they wanted to place that. So yes, what there's been a lot of talk about what is Drogon thinking when he decides to not toast John but to melt the iron throne yeah because it's quite a it's quite a statement for a dragon to make you know exactly he shows that he's sentient he shows that he understands that the the metaphor of of what the what the throne (laughs) stands for and you know that he's taken it upon him to break the wheel himself uh (laughs) well there's been two suggestions there either the dragon is intelligent enough that he should probably go for his philosophy degree somewhere in Essos (laughs) or he just missed or he uh saw a pointy object in Danny's chest and looked at the pointy throne and thought it attacked Oh, uh, okay. That sound, yeah, that sounds like a bit more like a puppy dog kind of thing. I suspect it's probably the former. I think it was probably intended to be the former, wasn't it? It was probably intended to be the former, but I do think that's a big leap for a dragon. Yeah. And and then he he, he clutches her off and, and takes her off to, uh, what, where was it, to Essos or somewhere? Or was it somewhere sunny? Uh, yeah, he he flew off somewhere east. I think they said. Somewhere. So well, Brand Brand's working on that. <laughs> yeah, um, and then it's a bit of a flash forward. So we end up at, at what two or three weeks in. Yeah, I think it's something like that. A couple of weeks. Yeah, and this this for me is where is where I get slightly confused by the episode. Is that you know, we'll, yes. I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about about this episode, but we really want to come come to come to an end to it really soon. Is, is that why doesn't why why does Jon Snow need to be uh punished? Why why didn't he stand up and go, actually, fella, I'm Aegon Targaryen and uh I am actually now in charge. Thank you very much. I don't want to be, but 
you cannot put you cannot send me to the to the night's watch it, it's very strange especially given that in the end i mean the insole just take off yeah they didn't anyway. stick around to kind of yeah they could have just just pretend to go there yeah, yeah just know, you pretend know. you go a little north and then come back <laughs> obviously come. john being honorable yeah. but uh i think some- i think my my feeling is that is that is that Daniel and David wanted John to end up back in his spiritual home, and I think it was. I think what was missing was some scene where he was heading back to be with Egret in in a spiritual sense. I mean, I think that they. I mean, they had the endpoints for the major characters. Yeah, from I, from George. I, yes. Yeah. I do think that John's endpoint is beyond the wall. Yeah, it and- is where he was happiest. And it's also, I'm not sure necessarily that when we get the conclusion in the books that it's going to be so much of a happy ending there, actually. Okay. Um, I think that is one of the very bittersweet parts that he sets out to do something on his own, sort of, there's that legend of the last hero that is a bit more prominent in the books. Okay. That he has his mission on his own. So I think some of the things that were cut meant that he wasn't as easily put into that position so they had to use this shortcut of him being banished yeah which which didn't it didn't it didn't really make any narrative sense to me at all i have to say no it it, i mean it it was difficult a lot of the uh, maneuvering that had to be done here to get people into various positions Mm. i think showed storylines that had been cut yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway it's happened yeah. he's gone um yeah chris actually made a really good point uh in his whatsapp uh message to me uh and it's something i've not really thought about before it's the comparison between john and jamie have a listen to this i thought the way that john killed her really really smartly mirrored the way that jamie killed the mad king aka daenerys's father before the show started these righteous men thinking they were doing the right thing committing uh regicide i believe it's called when you kill a king you know that was really clever for me like and and there's been a, there's been mirrors in the show of the night's watch and the king's guard they've got a lot in common when you sign up to either you give up your titles you give up your name you give up your money one is seen as more righteous than the other one of them is far more important than the other when you think about guarding the realm from monsters versus a bunch of guys protecting one king in a fairly calm city. I love the way that John's actions mirrored Jamie's, and I love the way that, in some ways, John was kind of parried as a as a sort of an alternate man of honor, and and in in regards to how Jamie did a very similar thing. I will say that um, what I would have loved in the show generally is a little bit more um, mirroring of John and Jamie. Their characters are very similar. Um, they're sort of mirrors of each other, I think. How they behave, the jobs that they encounter, the the sort of um, situations they have to navigate, very, very similar. Especially when we think about John uh, fancying a relative kissing a relative, sleeping with a relative. Um, and the Targaryen versus Lannister, uh, you know, approach to incest. 
The Lannisters justified it towards the end by comparing them to the Targaryens. They said, well, the Targaryens have been doing it for a long time and they were the epitome of a strong house. And it's really interesting how Jon uh, and Jamie's kind of characters went on a very similar path. So that is all to say... Um, I would love to have seen a little bit more of that. I thought I think it would have helped frame John's decision a little bit more clearly. Goodness me, he's a wise man, isn't he? Thank you, Chris. Uh, now, Linda, what did you make of uh, Bran the Broken? God, that one's really difficult. I find it. Uh, I find the cell of you know, Bran's got the best story. Quite strange. <laughs> okay. I've, so, the, so presumably, uh, Bran the Broken is how George ends. That's where Bran ends in George's books, in George's mind. I'm not certain about that. To be absolutely, oh, I honest. thought, I thought, I thought he, I thought George had given Daniel and David the end points for all the characters. Yes, but I don't know if that. As in, you're absolutely. I mean, logically speaking, it ought to be that. But there are so many problems with that. If you look at the differences in the books, um, Bran is much younger than you know. The actor has grown well past the age of the character he's not going to be more than 12 13 right okay um the idea that westeros's lords as a whole would accept a crippled boy is very difficult to swallow i mean somebody a little in a bit of a mean-spirited well called this the council of surviving characters right <laughs> and it kind of is there would be a lot more people having a say. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed... I must say I did enjoy the Dragon Pit scene. It felt like a bit old time Game of Thrones with the Edmure Tully kind of standing up and, uh, I'll ask my horse, I thought was was was, was brilliant, yeah, actually. Yeah, Samuel's uh, attempt at um, actual democracy didn't go over so well. <laughs> yeah, which I, which I really enjoyed because the second that kind of started, I was like, oh, no, they're not, are they? It's not going to end up being, this is the future of the people. And I was like, I was quite, I really enjoyed the fact they just slammed that down. It's like, no, we're still, we're still yes, going. No, I, I'm, I'm glad it didn't go that way because I would have been way too progressive. But cheesy, uh, well, I've been too cheesy for a start. Uh, the could, idea that they're going to an elected monarchy... <laughs> It's, yeah, a it's a tough one. That's a bit of a leap, isn't it? Because that is it, democracy. <laughs> well, it, it depends on who's doing the electing. If it's just a council of, of nobles no, electing out here, is, uh, that's not, you know, doesn't even get to Athenian democracy, which was very limited in its own way. Right. Um, but they never really work very well, historically speaking. <clears throat> yeah. No, okay, fine. So, I mean, yeah, Bran the Broken, he's in charge. Sansa did the great... Yeah. Sansa did what we always knew... Or presumed that she would do, which was to was to split uh, split the north and south in two, and we saw you know a lovely bit of foreshadowing if you if you looked at the scene of um, of the map room, or not the map room, the uh, yeah the map floor in yeah. uh, in, in the Red Keep, where it clearly showed that, which I thought was really really good. Um, ah, I, I missed that. So the the crack was yeah right the where... crack was crack was straight across yeah the crack was, ah, yeah which, which oh, I thought nice, was really nice touch. and that was in the uh, that was in the opening titles as well. Of the uh, of the, That's of, true, yes. of the show, um, a couple of things. Uh, again, uh, I thought Brienne uh, editing Jamie's Wikipedia page was was quite sweet. 
uh, quite a yeah. noble thing for her to do. I really enjoyed that. You're not supposed to edit when you have a personal connection. I think. Well, no, exactly. No, you're not actually. Yeah, the, the yeah the, the James James Swale would be all over all over her like yeah. a rash. Um, then there was the first small council meeting, which I thought was uh, both quite funny, but also in in places awful. Uh, I, I thought yeah. I thought the I thought um, Samwell bringing the book Song of Ice and Fire was probably one of the worst bits I've ever seen in Game of Thrones. It, it was a little too on the nose, and and the idea that you could cut Tyrion out. Yeah, I just didn't understand why that would happen, apart from just for, for the sake of a punchline. Because it seemed to be just for the punchline, and it, I mean, it wouldn't work. It, no, it wouldn't Battle of Blackwater for a start. You know, I mean, just so yeah. many things. Yes. So many things. So yeah, that 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 for me <laughs> felt a little incongruous. It was. It felt like it, it was a bit of a, a bit slapstick. Yeah, you know, I thought if we if they'd have given an insight of you know, oh, Samwell's writing the you know, Samwell's chronicling, you know, making a chronicle of of, of the past events, that would have yes, been enough. Yes, making a bit more of the Frodo thing, basically. Yeah, that and, would have, that would have been enough, and to kind of go, oh, okay, he, he was the author, rather than actually kind of like basically presenting the book that had the same that George's title was, you know, it was a bit kind of like, oh my god. Um, and then weirdly, you know, it was like, crikey, we've got to find something for Bron to do. Let's make him master of coin, even though. A few seasons ago, he didn't even know what a loan was. No, I, I think somebody said that, you know, fast forward three years and it's going to be Brown the Broke, not Brown the Broken. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it, in essence, there were, there were only a few survivors there and uh, no one was saying it was going to be a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was uh, as master of, of ships, you know, at least he knows how, how a boat works. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, getting everyone like, okay, we have to have again the surviving people here and uh it got a little too comedic yeah. it, it looked like the start of a sitcom yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah the whole meeting and and then uh, having Tyrion finish on that joke that never gets finished the jackass and the comb uh, yeah i mean the thank yeah. god it wasn't the very last line of the show yes because that would have been a bit grim i'm going to hand over to chris who uh, who's got some thoughts on that small council meeting i love the council scene you know for the last six weeks, I've been telling you, right, I love people bickering about politics. That's my, like, that's my version of drag race, okay? I just live for it. So I love that. It made so much sense as well because we, we saw the lords, we, we saw a few of them survive over the weeks, right? And we're all going, what the fuck? Like, Gendry's just going to stay in his castle for a bit. This was why we saw this sense that of this this team building, uh, this team coming together as they did, I believe, a very similar sort of way with Robert's Rebellion. I thought the actual ending of the show was was pretty spectacular. Actually, I really enjoyed the montage of the Stark children and 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 John kind of preparing for their futures. The moment you know we saw yeah. Sansa getting getting crowned the queen, we saw mm-hmm. Arya kind of pre- preparing her weapons. John picking up Longclaw. I thought was. Mm-hmm was really good it was kind of like and and we talked we've talked a lot of this series about it coming full circle and it completing the circle and i thought that did a really good way of doing that because it started with the stark children and 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 ended with them which i thought was lovely yes no i've always thought that uh, it's going to come back to to the starks uh, it's uh they've obviously always been the heart of uh of everything and yeah. it uh, seeing uh, what happens to them you know, needs to be uh, where we end, really. Yeah. And we have, we've ended. <laughs> That's it. Yes. That's it. Are you happy? Were you, were you happy with it? It feels, I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of things I, I wish had gone very differently. I wish they, I wish they had listened to George and taken more time with it. Um, I am concerned that they checked out a bit early for Star Wars. Do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that's a that's what happened? I I, I do think that they're wanting absolutely to. You know, they HBO was offering them ten seasons. They were driving a hard bargain for seven at first, and they yeah. managed to get. Um, I I think it these last two seasons. Do you think? Do you think Disney came along a few years before we heard about it? And I think so. Right. I, I mean, that doesn't just come out of nowhere, does it? I think no, they I guess not. No, sniffing around and uh, you know, you understand people wanting to move on when you've spent so much time. Um, at the same time, they not they knew the scope of the project when they started. I guess they, I guess they never really expected it to go as long as it did. Yeah, I know that initially they were just talking about if we can get to the red wedding, we're happy. Um, is that what they said wow okay yeah they, that was kind of the thing that they really wanted to be able to put on screen yeah um but i think they should have known that if they got there it was going to continue so yeah. um i i wish it had gotten more time certainly. okay yeah i mean actually i feel you know i feel yeah I, I think more time but not that much more time i thought you know it just needed four four more episodes i think would have would have would have would have been plenty i think just to just to have given Brienne a bit more, Jorah a bit more, you know, uh, would have would have allowed, I guess, character arcs, you know, to to have been expanded or been developed a bit more. But you know, all in all, what's done is done, uh, and yeah. and we have it now. It's it, it is it is filmed. It's done. It's all mm. over, and we and and that's it now until George's books or until Blood Moon comes out, uh, and uh, or whatever it ends up being called, or what, whatever ends up being called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Alison, uh, Linda, thank you so much for for joining me over the past six weeks. It's been an absolute oh. pleasure to kind of be reunited with you guys again and no, uh, it, it's been great i'm glad i've been able to do this you know it was a uh, lot of fun when we were able to do yeah, uh to do yeah exactly and, uh, uh, and uh, lives on and will continue to live on you know you were never really all about the tv shows anyway you, you were there a long time before and clearly are now going to be there a long time after as well because there are a lot more books to come hopefully and yes uh, <laughs> you know uh, the latest from george's you know uh New Zealand Air New Zealand was inviting him to New Ze back to New Zealand and he said that because uh, they wanted to do it as a way of coming over there and having a nice place to write right okay yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. and he said well I'm coming to the World Con next year in New Zealand if I don't have the book in hand you have written permission to lock me up in a cabin wow so, okay so this time next year we could well we have, so we well hopefully he's feeling very confident right now otherwise he's going to get trapped in New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> there's worse places to be trapped listen Linda thank you so much and let's uh, um, let's get together for whatever Blood Moon's called <laughs> I look forward to it absolutely We'd lovely love stuff to. cheers Linda okay. bye bye Well, that's it. Thank you so, so much for listening to Previously On over these past kind of six weeks. And a, well, a few more weeks than that. We launched about two or three weeks before the start of Season 8 with all 67 episode recaps of, of Game of Thrones and then followed up with these discussion episodes, which have been such good fun to kind of pull together. Um, you know, I started this purely to, to kind of help people with Game of Thrones um, and it's been a success far, far more than I ever thought it would be. 
And of course I'm not going to stop. I can't stop now. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm dead pleased to say that within, I would say, within a couple of weeks we'll be back. Uh, one of my favourite series of the past couple of years is returning for its second series, Big Little Lies, is back. So in, a, in about a week's time, let me have a holiday. We'll be back with a full season one recap of what's been going on there. We're also looking ahead. I can see Stranger Things got to be done and it got to do stranger things and uh looking over to the autumn there's a family in birmingham that require my attention peaky blinders will be getting the previously on treatment too if we're missing any if there's any that you're desperate for us to do you know i'm looking at the handmaid's tale as well oh god there's so many isn't there uh get in touch i'd love to hear from you uh, just get in touch at hello at previously on.co.uk or just tweet me at jamie east well for the next couple of weeks uh previously on will be quiet but we will be back with some recaps for some amazing amazing television we're in the golden age of television and i bloody love it thank you so much i'm jamie east and previously on it's a daft doris production Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.